0: This is the Here's what you came for. welcome to the disney beat the a podcast brought to you by the dizInsider.com. my name is sean nyberg and i will be covering all of the disney headlines to keep you informed as you start your week happening right now Hello there, this is Sean Nyberg, and this podcast is being recorded on the evening of Sunday, March 7th, 2021. All right, let's dive into the news. Let's start with some parks news, and man, did we get some huge news this week. Friday afternoon ended with a bang as news broke that the state of California was revising their COVID-19 guidelines and would allow Disneyland to reopen as early as April 1st. While the date caught the attention of lockdown-weary Disney fans as a possible and extremely cruel April Fool's Day joke, the news was actually true and confirmed by multiple national news outlets. The revised guidelines would allow Disneyland to begin reopening once Orange County enters into the red Tier 2 status. Previously, the guidelines required the county to enter the extremely high bar of yellow Tier 4 status, a level that would have certainly kept the parks closed throughout most of this year. The new guidelines are a welcome sign for Disneyland fans and employees as the Anaheim Resort will have been closed for an entire year by mid-March. Since its opening in 1955, the park had only been closed a handful of times, once due to an earthquake, another following 9-11, and another after President Kennedy's assassination. The resort had never shut down for more than one day prior to COVID-19. Orange County is expected to reach Tier 2 status within a week if the case count hospitalizations and deaths continue to fall at the rate they have been for the past month. As vaccination rates continue to increase, experts agree that the improving trend will only continue and possibly pick up steam as the result of vaccines in the community providing exponential benefits, with people not only being protected against infection, but also the ease of virus spread is being reduced. With large numbers protected and a continual slowdown of spread, the numbers will continue to improve quickly. So, does this mean Disneyland can just fling open the doors, uh, fl- or the gates, rather, like Elsa from Frozen, right? Tell the guards to open up the gates. I guess she didn't open them. The guards did, but she asked. Anyway. Um, Wait, when she says tell the guards to open up the gates, who is she telling to tell the guards? Isn't she telling the guards... Just then, anyway, uh, so yeah. <laughs> what so, can Disneyland can Disneyland just open up the gates like you know Elsa or the guards? Um, not exactly. Once Orange County reaches Tier Two, the parks can reopen at fifteen percent capacity. There is a long list of other restrictions, and you can find them at the Disney Insider. But the general gist is that the reopening will be a slow process with capacity limitations. Early restrictions allowing only California residents visit indoor attractions having capacity limits, and social distancing and face masks required. As Orange County improves and moves into Tier 3, the capacity will be increased, and so on. While the slow reopening might frustrate fans, it is likely welcomed by Disney. The last thing the company needs is a COVID-19 outbreak tied back to one of their parks. The Walt Disney World Resort in Florida have instituted self-imposed capacity limits and strict guidelines, even though the state of Florida has lifted all of their restrictions a while back. Beyond the fears of a negative public health story affecting the park's stellar reputation, there is little doubt that the massive infrastructure that runs the Disneyland Resort will need to be revved back up slowly with cast members rehired and retrained with new safety protocols. While much of the park has been maintained by a small group of workers during the shutdown, the reopening of the park, with even the lowest capacity limits, will be a huge undertaking. We'll be monitoring this story every week here on the Disney Bee Podcast, and we'll be covering any updates as they happen over at thedizinsider.com. Earlier this week, we got word from Disney CEO Bob Chapek regarding the closed theme park, which is a rare occurrence. Chapek is notoriously quiet compared to his predecessors, Bob Iger and Michael Eisner. Iger is a darling of the entertainment industry and the media loved him. In his reduced role as executive chairman, he is still more likely to sit down for interviews than Chapek. Eisner was ubiquitous, uh Michael Eisner, the the um, CEO prior to Bob Iger from um early eighties into uh, the early aught, so like 2005 I believe, was ubiquitous in print media throughout the 80s and 90s, especially in the gossip columns, and even cast himself as the host of Disney's Sunday television show, a movie a move that mirrored the public persona that Walt Disney inhabited himself in the 50s and early 60s. But uh, Bob Chapek, the current CEO, has always stayed out of the spotlight, so any appearance he makes draws a lot of attention. I mean, for many reasons, right? I mean, when you're the CEO of the largest entertainment company in the world, anything, any move you make gets a lot of attention, but especially when you don't uh, grant a lot of public interviews or, or you know, appear on TV a lot. So um, that was what was noteworthy about him making some statements earlier this week. Um, he spoke, he did a talk with Morgan Stanley and Chapek made a number of comments that caught the attention of investors and reporters. While no major announcements were made, two stories came out of this talk. The first was a hint that Disney would be making changes in their theatrical releases, namely the time between releasing them in theaters and their availability to stream at home, or for people who still purchase DVDs and Blu-ray, that as well. Um, Chapek said that consumers expect movies to be available to them Quicker, especially over the last year when everyone's just been home and uh, you know watching everything on streaming, or 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 you know again those random people who still purchase uh, DVDs and Blu-rays. Um, this will likely change future agreements between the studio and the theater chains. Another big announcement this week, which was a result of the COVID-19 pandemic, was the news that Disney will be closing 20% of their U.S. brick-and-mortar Disney stores. While the move was always planned, the pandemic fast-tracked the decision as customers have moved quickly to e-commerce over the last year. One study estimates that the pandemic has sped up the shift to online shopping by five years, meaning companies need to be jumping ahead to the end of their five-year plans or be left behind. Disney also plans to improve their shop Disney online store, a move that all Disney fans can get behind. The store has been a dark spot for Disney with a clunky user interface, a tendency to crash during big releases, and a search engine that leaves a lot to be desired. The products division also announced that they will be uh, starting to shift some of their focus more toward adult-themed apparel, streetwear, and high-end home goods and collectibles, and away from the near-central focus on children's clothing and toys, providing a mix of products for all ages. So, you know, while this is, um, you know, it's it's a sad story in the sense that, you know, one in five uh, Disney retail uh, outlets within the United States are going to be closed which means there are going to be people laid off. And also, you know, as they close, then there's now retail, you know, commercial retail spots not being rented. Um, And so, you know, that's hard on the economy and it's hard on workers. But at the same time, you know, it's not, this isn't really a surprise. You know, we, I think we all, we're all seeing this happen across the board, just as consumers um, change how they want to shop. Right. And so, You know, it's good in the sense that Disney is staying on top of things and they're and and they're progressing and and changing as the consumers' needs change, um, or desires change. But it is a sad story because there are going to be a lot of great cast members who work at these retail outlets who would not normally be able to work for Disney because they don't live around any of the theme parks or any of the studios. So it's, um, you know, it's a sad story, but um, you know, it's inevitable as as things change and technology advances, um, the way we purchase and acquire goods is also going to change. So, um, the one thing that they did say though, is that the, the 20% of reduction of retail outlets is within the United States alone. And this is going to happen through the end of 2021. After 2021, they're going to look at how, how it all played out. And, and, and if the customers are really, you know, moving over more towards the shop, Disney, um, you know, they have they have an app and a website. Um, and then they're going to look at their international retail stores and likely start cutting some of those out too, including the, um, the article I read from CNBC said that they're going to look first, you know, in Europe, you know, in the UK, and look at some of those outlets that are likely going to start getting pared down as well, starting next year. So um, I believe there were... Uh, there, there's 60 locations that they're going to close in the United States through the end of this year. I wrote this, so I wrote an article about this for the disinsider.com And, um, you know, I put a little thing at the end saying that Disney, while this is understandable, et cetera, et cetera, they need to announce which stores they're going to be doing this, even if it's not going to be for six or seven or eight months, because there are people who work there who you know, they need to have a heads up if they're going to be losing their job. Even if it is, like I said, six, seven, eight months down the road, it gives them a chance to start making plans. Right. And also for the, for the cast members and the people who work in the retail outlets who are not, that are not getting closed, they should actually, you know, it would be good for them to have uh, some peace of mind. Right. Especially, you know, if they love their job and they they hope to stick with it, that, uh, that their store isn't on the chopping block. So again, it's 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 a tough thing um again it makes sense they're not doing it to be mean they're doing it because it's just what the you know it's it's the market right people are buying things online i'm guilty of it right um but i just think that the proper thing to do would be to give these uh locations a heads up and the ones that are staying give them uh the peace of mind too and the security that that at least through the end of this year that they're um their location is not being closed. So hopefully that they do that soon. Um, I think that would just be a really nice thing for Disney to do for their employees. So, uh, uh, so we're starting to get a sense as we shift to the next story, we're starting to get a sense of the winners and losers from this year's February sweeps. This is the period where TV ratings are calculated and used to determine advertising rates, cancellation and retention decisions, and overall bragging rights. So, in the, again, I wrote an article on this on the Disney insider, and I kind of talked a little bit more about sweeps. So you can go read about it. Um, it happens four times a year, February, may, um, July, and November and this is really where nielsen who who calculates television rates, uh, viewership, you know how many people are watching a show um, they really this is when they record it in in great detail, and these are this is what the advertisers and, and the networks use to determine how much you know, a commercial for, let's say like American Idol is going to cost based on the um, ratings during these months. Uh, This is why also you'll see some of the bigger shows during these four months. Like normally in a normal non-pandemic year, you get the Super Bowl and the Oscars. Those are two big ratings uh, uh, shows in in February. Um, And you get like season finales typically in, in May and a lot of specials too, like uh you know like big big surprise guests on certain shows and like i i, I put in there like 30 rock the the show tina fey show that was on nbc like during sweeps they would do like their live show right like uh the 30 rock live show <laughs> and so um anyways the whole point is during these times they really want to boost ratings up and um we got we're starting to get some of the numbers from February to see kind of who are the winners and losers. And it appears that the one of the biggest winners was the Disney-owned ABC World News Tonight with David Muir. Uh, and if you do follow ratings, you know like these news programs like the morning shows, Good Morning America, uh, I think CBS This Morning or whatever CBS is, and this, the Today Show at NBC, there's always that big battle, right? Which morning shows ahead, and then there's the the evening news, which is these guys, and of course, you know, the late show, you know, Kimmel, uh, Colbert, and, um, uh, geez, Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon, the Jimmys. Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy uh, Kimmel, and Colbert, you know, they're always battling too, right? So, we got, uh, what we're watching right now is the evening, the evening newscast, and um, ABC has their evening show, which is World News Tonight with David Muir, and they were they were a huge winner. So, the evening newscast, this it dominated the ratings in the three major groups, total viewers, and then adult viewers between the ages of 25 and 54. And the coveted uh, slot that advertisers really want are um, adult viewers from 18 to 49. They just tend to spend money more. They, they, you know, they have families and they just, that's what advertisers are really going for. So, um, <clears throat> these three, these are the three groups that, that, that they track and uh, World News Tonight with David Muir won all three of them. They beat out NBC's Nightly News and CBS Evening News. And what I found was really interesting too is the fact that um, it also posted higher ratings than Fox News, CNN, and MSNBC combined. Topping over nine point six six million viewers in some cases um the night um this nightly this evening news program, which is I believe six thirty to seven p m um some evenings in the last year it's been the highest rated show beating out shows on prime time you know for the eight 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 thirty nine nine thirty hour which is just absolutely incredible so you know, great news for them. I know this is something that's, you know, really competitive in the news industry. So congratulations to the Disney-owned ABC World News Tonight with David Muir. Um, Yeah, we'll just see uh, if you get any more details about the rest of the winners and losers from February next week. And as always, this week saw a number of new cast and crew announcements for the upcoming Disney projects, including Jessica Alexander from the Netflix series Get Even has joined the all-star cast, the highly anticipated Disney live-action adaptation of The Little Mermaid. It is unclear which character she will play. Um, While most Disney fans know the animated movie, you know, the one that came out in 1989, um, They are casting all those characters, of course, right? You know, Ursula, we know about that, and and Ariel, and and King Triton. But they're also introducing some new characters in the movie. So um, I believe, I mean, it's almost positive that she's going to have to play someone who's new, because we know all the principal uh, characters um, are already casted, and I know they're already filming. So it'll be interesting to see who she plays. So uh, uh, (laughs) some of these names, I do have a difficult time, and I am sorry. Indira Varma, um, who played... Alaria Sand in Game of Thrones. She is to appear in the upcoming Disney Plus series Obi Wan Kenobi. The again, <laughs> the exact role of Var- the Varma will play is unknown, but we have learned that it is uh, being kept secret purposefully for now. So while all these leaks, obviously, the fact that it's a leak means that they weren't intended to get out, but there there is active um, effort that. In Indira Varma's role in the upcoming Obi-Wan Kenobi series kept is kept secret. So it'll be really interesting to see why. <laughs> um, and in a really... In, uh, I'm so excited for this. Just in a personal note, I, I watched all three of the Thor films... Uh, this last week, and um, so I'm just really Thor-minded right now, I guess. <laughs> Thor-minded, is that a thing? Um, would that be hyphenated? Thor-minded? Yeah. Um, anyway, Matt Damon, Luke Hemsworth, and Sam Neill will return to play fake Loki, fake Thor, and fake Odin for the upcoming Disney Marvel Studios film, Thor Love and Thunder. The three actors played these characters in the last Thor film, Thor Ragnarok. Joining them is actress Melissa McCarthy, who will be making her Marvel debut as Fake Hella. This uh this marks the second upcoming major Disney film that will star McCarthy, as she will be portraying everyone's favorite Disney villain Ursula the Sea Witch in the live-action Little Mermaid that I just talked about 2 uh stories back. So, um we know that she is going to be taking that big huge role and that's going to be like a huge film for Disney and she's also taking now It looks like well not looks like they actually have photos of her on set dressed up as fake Hela who is um you know Thor and Loki's sister um but the fake version so You know, if if you watch the Thor films, you know, especially um, all of them have had a bit of humor, but especially Ragnarok, directed by Taika Waititi, um, who's known for his comedy chops, you know, but also delivering really good action films. So he is um, he he directed the Ragnarok, and he's directing the upcoming um, uh, Thor: Love and Thunder, which is expected to be released next year. So it'll be really cool, kind of interesting to see how this turns out with all these people coming in for it's being filmed out. Filmed. It's being filmed down in Australia right now, so um, everyone's kind of watching about oh, what actors are flying down, what actresses are flying down, and so. Anyway, uh, that's the news that uh, Matt Damon, Luke Hemsworth, Chris Hemsworth's brother, Chris plays uh, Thor, and Sam Neill and uh, Melissa McCarthy are all going to be um, in the upcoming movie. Uh, three big names are added to the upcoming Pinocchio remake: Cynthia Revo, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and Keegan Michael Key will be joining the project uh arrivo has been cast as the blue fairy gordon levitt will portray jiminy uh jiminy cricket god i almost said jiminy glick do you guys remember jiminy glick uh, one of my favorite characters uh the martin short play but anyway uh gordon levitt will be portraying jiminy cricket and uh, uh keegan michael key will play honest john the Disney Plus film will be directed by Robert Zemeckis and will star Tom Hanks as Geppetto. And like I said, the Disney Plus film, so it's expected to be released on Disney Plus. So we're getting a bunch of the cast announcements. This this thing's going. This thing's on a roll. It's pretty exciting and good for. I mean, good for. I mean, I love. Don't keep me. Wrong, I love Cynthia Revo and obviously Keegan Michael Key is an amazing uh, comedy actor writer everything but um joseph gordon levitt good for him for grabbing a jiminy cricket character i mean it's one of the most iconic disney like i don't know, it's not even a sidekick what is he like a like a narrator or or um you know he's the guy who comes along he's like the uh the uh um what is it in, in like a yoda kind of yoda not really anyway you know what he is jiminy cricket is the jiminy cricket of disney so <laughs> This week, we learned that Reginald Vell Johnson will reprise his role as David Sutton in the upcoming Disney Plus series, Turner and Hooch. The series will act as a sequel to the 1989 hit film, and there is no release date announced. Um, Reginald Vell Johnson is, um, like, as I said, reprising his role. So it's a role that he um, played back in 1989, and he's just going to be reprising the same role. And... Um, yeah, it's going to be a Disney Plus series coming uh, next year, we believe. So we'll be looking for that. With Disney Plus's She-Hulk gearing up to film soon, news on the project has been relatively slow. However, we are learning that casting is underway for an unknown character with shape-shifting abilities. No official word on who this character is, but there is some reporting that indicates it could be a scroll agent. The series is expected to be released next year on Disney Plus previously reported that the long-awaited Marvel Studios Blade reboot had found a writer. We can now confirm that the project is set to begin production this September and should be wrapped by December. Mahershala Ali will star uh, as the titular character previously portrayed by Wesley Snipes. There is no release date announced for this project, but will likely come out later in 2022 and will be part of Marvel Studios Phase 4. It appears that the X-Men will be making their. Did I say that? Did I put the emphasis kind of weird on that? It appears that the X-Men. No, it appears that the X-Men will be making their debut in the Marvel Cinematic Universe sooner than anticipated. It was leaked this week that there is indeed an X-Men film coming, and it is called *The Mutants*. We knew that a film was in the works for the Fantastic Four, but this is the first we have heard of this new project. No further details have been released, but we'll be watching the story closely over at the Dis Insider. Speaking of, I want to remind you to please visit thedisinsider.com to see a number of features that were not discussed on this episode, including the ongoing series 20 Weeks of Disney Animation from our fabulous writer, Josh Sharp, who concluded this massive project this last week as he tackled Zootopia, Moana, Ralph Breaks the Internet, and Frozen 2. So go check all of that out at DisneySider.com. As many of you know, last week I released the two and a half hour interview I conducted with Jack Kendall from the DSNY Newscast right here on the Disney Beat Podcast. I broke it down into three parts. The first covered the Disney theme parks. Part two covered Disney Plus, upcoming Disney films, and the Walt Disney Company as a business. And the third took a look at the world of Disney news coverage and what it's like being a popular Disney YouTuber um all three parts are available to stream right now and you should check them out if you haven't yet i want to once again thank jack and remind you to subscribe to his youtube channel dsny newscast and on behalf of myself and those of us here at the disney beat along with the dis insider we hope everyone good health and prosperity and as i'm saying that i want to say to everyone who's eligible i hope you get your vaccine for the upcoming you know for the upcoming <laughs> for the current uh COVID-19, um, for COVID-19 and also, um, you know, if you do get it and even if you're not eligible quite yet to maintain, you know, your social distancing, wear your mask and, and, you know, take proper, uh, public health recommendations seriously, we are getting very close, um, to this coming to at least a manageable position. My, I myself got my first uh, vaccine. My fiance got his first vaccine. I get my second one this Wednesday. Both my parents are vaccinated and it seems like everyone I know is either vaccinated. Um, uh, uh, have an, has an appointment to get vaccinated or they're like in the next group coming up so just stay vigilant um and just you know just get out there and like you know contact the the local um you know every state's different, so you know everyone has different recommendations on how to get one. Um, so obviously this isn't the place for that because everyone listening is coming from somewhere else. But you know my biggest advice has been you know be vigilant, um, s- stay on top of it, call people, show up at, at locations towards the end of the day to see if there's anything left over, and really do your research because there's a lot of um, a lot of places now, private and public, that you can get your vaccine. And so um, just keep 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 fighting. Like I want to say you know. Uh, it's fight, fight as if it's life and death because you know it really is. And so let's just get let's get this going. Let's get things back so we can get to the theaters again. And we get to the theme parks again. We can get out. We can go shopping again. Um We you know we can do all that, but you know do it safely and we can feel comfortable doing it and we can kind of get back to life. So with that, I want to say thank you for listening. If you like the show, please rate and review it wherever you listen. These ratings really help the show find new listeners, and we hope that we have earned a five star review. We also want. Um, we also hope that you share this podcast with friends and family who love Disney. All stories can be found at com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the handle thedisinsider, or on Facebook by searching the Dis Insider. You can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Sean Nyberg, all one word. I also co-host the Disney podcast, Walt's Apartment, that comes out every Thursday on the Disney parks theme podcast, Extra Magic Hour, which is released every other Friday, so please check those out. Thank you again for listening, and I will see you here again next week for another edition of the Disney Beat Podcast. My name is Sean Nyberg. Have a fantastic week.